Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. We want the ushers to come to make their way as we prepare to transition the order of the service. Amen. Just a few quick announcements. Everybody say July 4th. July 4th. We're going to have our normal Tuesday service, except it's going to be at 10 p.m. with fireworks. So I guess it's not really normal. But, um, so... Buy, buy a firework if you can. Buy a firework and donate it to the church so we so the church has more to, to set off. Um, the other announcement is uh, junior camp will be July 17th through the 21st. So see Brother Midgordon for details on that. Amen. We're just going to ask the Lord to bless the offering as we transition. Give as the Lord has blessed you. God, we thank you today. God, we're, we're honored, God, to be able to give, God, to your kingdom. God, we're so thankful, God, that we have the opportunity, God, to give with what you've blessed us with. God, I thank you today for your blessings. I thank you for every family that's represented. God, I pray, God, that you would move in the remainder of this service. God, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name.
All right, well, praise the Lord. Um, you may be, uh, y'all may be seated. I um, definitely want to um, give honor, uh, first and foremost, to my, my lovely wife and my children. Um, um, definitely, if it wasn't for them, I would not be here. And definitely, I want to give honor to Pastor Crutchfield and his family and, um, and Elder Wilson, who, who founded this local assembly that is just um, um, a body part of a larger assembly worldwide um, for all of Christendom, for anybody who is a faithful believer in the name of Jesus Christ and does all things according to his word within their power and their will and their might as they live for the Lord. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So I have the same with the men that are in my life, and I say the same unto you. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, I did tell you to sit down, and I was supposed to do this before you sat down. So once again, I'm asking you to stand up. So just go ahead and get your Holy Ghost aerobics on. And uh, <laughs> stand up as we go before the Lord for the reading of the word. We're going to Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And Brother N, you did not have this one. This is one that the Lord had just given me. I changed something up. Everything else is, still should be the same. But I want to go ahead and read this because this is something that, being that for me, this week is the last week, last week of the year, 52 weeks, for any state or local government. And being that I work for the local government as an accountant, I have a lot on my plate this week. I probably have about a month's work that I have to do in this next week and a half. So um, I say all this, well I say that to say all this, that anytime somebody looks at me as an accountant, they always think of investment, taxes, and all that. I'm not that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what I do is uh, computer, um, computer tracking, ERPS, or enterprise reporting program, which is reporting finances for entities or organizations or things such as that. But, um, but that's mainly what accountants do. Um, 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 when, when you think of an accountant, a lot of times they say accountant, but really those are financial accountants where I'm more of an herbs accountant. But I say all that because we have a God that talks much and many times about the kingdom of God and talks about the, what do I want to use the proper word? I want to say the conveyance of money of God, right? We need money to do many things, but when I'm talking about money or when the Bible's talking about it, it uses money as a source for many parables and many stories. But a lot of times it's not always attributed to the intrinsic value of the monetary um, um, items that you have in your pocket or in your bank or what you have stored under your mattress at your house. But the word reads, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Most of the time, that's the banks. <laughs> or, or government through taxation. <laughs> 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal, because you won't be paying any tax in heaven. You'll be delivered. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Reverend Parks, would you be able to pray for this service, sir? Lord Jesus, we thank you for being God. 
We thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus and the power thereof. Oh, God, we ask, oh, God, that you bless this message today. Let us, oh, Lord, God, hear a message that leads us towards the eternal. Everything we have here on earth is temporary. Oh, God, but you're able, oh, Lord, to use us and to use these resources for your kingdom. Lord, use this service for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I definitely want to thank Christy. You may, be, you may go down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to thank Christy for putting this up for me because I love this because it says that she did all this for me, for this. <laughs> for this morning service. She said, it says, children are heritage from the Lord. Psalms 12. And it's amazing because when we think of what we're going to talk about today, and that is to invest wisely. Invest wisely. In light of what's been going on in the news, if you have not read about the awful incident with the submersible, um, um, with the, uh, the five people who had went down to see the Titanic. And um, unfortunately, you know, I have to say I haven't, so much on it, but I've heard a lot of it on the radio. And, um, and it's, there's been a lot of debate, you know, and, and this is not a time to debate things, but a lot of people were upset that these people had much wealth and what they put their money in, and that is for them to go see the Titanic. Now, be it whether it is a smart thing or a not-so-smart thing, um, I think the, the roughest thing is what happened afterwards. And unfortunately, after this piece of equipment imploded, that these five lives are lost. And I don't know where these people were at, but many people are upset because they said that they went ahead and took and put their treasure and what they desire. Who has the right or who wants to? And people are just saying the ugliest thing, why are we spending money, the American government and the British government are going seeking or looking for their bodies and things such as that. But I say that many times I want to talk to those of us who haven't really, we probably thought about it, but we really haven't considered that as the Bible speaks that where our treasure is, that's where our heart truly is. That's where our heart truly is. You know, it's amazing. You have, we, we will go out and we will spend funds or money or time on things and invest in things that have absolute, I mean, there's nothing with having hobbies, with having, having um, friends, with going on vacations and trips. I'm all about that. Y'all should know that. I'm all about that. Spending quality time. But what is that time for? What is that time for? I want to read something to us, and this was a, something that's getting repeated since the 1990s. You never heard of this before, but I know, I think in the late 90s, they had a woman over in France or something who had this happen. And this just recently happened down in South Florida. So a four-year-old stray cat that was rescued from the streets of Rome has inherited a $13 million fortune from its owner. A wealthy woman, widow of Italian property tycoon. Maria Asanta left the fortune to her beloved kitty, Tommaso, when she died two weeks ago at the age of 94. The feline's newfound riches include cash as well as properties in Rome, Milan, and land in Calabria. As her health began to fail two years ago, Asanta, 
who had no children began to seek out a way to see um, Thomaso was properly cared for after she died. In November 2009, she bequeathed her entire estate to the alley cat that she had rescued. Initially, Ashanta had instructed her attorneys to identify an animal welfare association or group to leave her funds to, but she decided to change her path. Amazing. And I'm, I'm, hopefully she didn't have any nieces or nephews that came to visit her. I'd be pretty upset. I'd be pretty upset. But I would be upset not because of the money, but I'd just be upset as a nephew or niece, or me as a nephew, because I'd be like, wow, all the time I spent with her, and that's what she thought about <laughs> You know, and it wasn't about the money, but what it's about is like, she thought about this cat, or she even thought about a human. Which is wild. I had a partner like that at work. Somebody was asking for somebody to give to something around the time of um, uh, Hurricane Matthew, and she got upset that we weren't supposed to be soliciting. But then, two weeks later, she came around and she was soliciting for these estranged goats up in New York State. And I told her, I asked, I was like, two weeks ago, such and such was soliciting for money for this children's thing, and we know it's in the policy, now so to solicit, right? And I was like, and she was like, yeah, and I was like, now you're soliciting for goats? What you about to do, a sacrifice or something? That's my answer. <laughs> and she laughed and she was like, no. But she was like, them precious goats. And I was like, and I told her such and such, my wife, I tell my wife the name, this one of my coworkers that my wife used to always hear stories about. She always had some crazy story. And she was like, people are mean. And I was like, you don't say. <laughs> but you would rather give, and I told her, like, you rather give to a goat than some child? She was like, even kids are mean sometimes. Well, ladies, most of y'all would know she wasn't a mother. <laughs> and not saying anything bad about ladies who aren't mothers, but sometimes we have to look at where our heart is. Our heart needs to be for the people of God. Our heart needs to be for the people that don't know God. You know, and we have to get on our knees, bend our knees every day when we go to the Lord in prayer. Because the Bible says that how easy is it to pray for those that love you? Pray for your enemies. That's what Jesus told us. Pray for your enemies. Don't pray for the world. I remember he said that. But pray for your enemies. Invest wisely. First, they have a couple of things I want to go through, and I have three things that I want to talk about, and that is to invest, and all these are connected to investing. And the firstly, I want us to go to, I think, what is the proper order, and that is to invest in yourself by yielding to Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy 2.19, the word reads, The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We got to get away from it. We got to leave it. We got to forsake it. You know, when you come to the Lord, you, you got to go ahead and give sin this thing called a, a cease and desist. You know, it's like stay away. Don't come around. Don't knock at my door. But also, when you're out at Walmart, you got to remember that cease and desist still exists. 
So therefore, you got to do what? You got to resist. See, we have limited power. We have a lot of power, but all of our power is Christ's power. But the enemy has power also. The power of influence. And that's why the word tells us that we have to resist. We can't get engaged in a, in a mixed martial arts battle with the adversary because he will get you entangled and hold you up. But the Bible says to resist. You got to push off. That's one of the things that you learn in too bad Reverend Big Garden in here. I know he'd be shouting right now. You got to go ahead and break away and get some separation. Get him off of you. And it continues, it says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purges himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I added that. And meat, and meat, and meat for the master's usage. And prepare it to every good work. You see, everything that we do has to be a good work or result into a good work or be a connection of good work. What you do here, everybody who works in the kingdom that does something in this church, it doesn't matter what you do, but it's a part of a greater good. You see, it's a component. It's, 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 it's like a, um, um, uh, you know, when we as kids, we had the little transformer. Um, um, figurines and all that. It'd be a car one minute and you move some things around, components. Sometimes it would change into another thing, maybe a little pistol. Then you'd keep on moving around and it'd change into a robot. But the thing is, each and every component, let a child break out one piece of Optimus Prime ham. Guess what? That kid gonna have a cow. Why is that? Because he has a piece that was important that is missing. Because on the little robot, it was a hand. But when you go ahead and turn it into that truck, it's missing a whole wheel. But each and every one of us, we need to invest in ourselves by yielding to the things of God. We have to yield to Jesus Christ. And yielding to Jesus Christ meaning yield also to the men and the women that have authority over us. And when I say that, I'm definitely talking about within the church house. But I'm also talking about outside of the church. You know, rebellion is as witchcraft. And even when it comes to the principalities of our governments and local government and federal government and all of this, just as I said at the beginning, we need to be in prayer for the president. We need to be in prayer for all the Congress. We need to be in prayer for the whole house on the hill. We need to be in prayer for everybody sitting downtown Hansville, Mayor Brown. We need to be in prayer for all of them, that they make good decisions. Because I don't know what their position is with the Lord, but I know that it affects a multitude of people. And we want them to do things righteously. Because the gravity of the Bible is so heavy, but a good heavy. Because gravity does what? It keeps you grounded here on earth. Otherwise, you'd be floating around in space, right? But the gravity of the Bible, anybody who does anything in here, you, you don't even have to read this. But if you do with this mandate, guess what? It's going to be profitable for your good here on earth. <laughs> 
Now you got to know Christ and you got to follow the mandate of Acts 2, of Acts 5, of Acts 8, of Acts 10, 11, man, 19, 22, 16, wherever it's mentioned of somebody going down in the name of Jesus Christ and a water barrel for the remission of their sins, you got to invest in yourself by yielding to Christ. You got to invest in yourself by yielding to your pastor. You got to invest in yourself by leading, by yielding to men and women that are giving you good counsel. How many times we get good counsel from somebody, somebody says, ooh, I don't, that's a good idea. You know, I was just talking to somebody that was like, oh yeah, I just got a new, a new job. Oh, it's an extra money. Yeah, it's extra money and all that. I'm like, is it more time? Yeah, it's a little bit more time away from home. Is there more room for promotion? Mm, no, not really. This is about it. What about the other one? Was there a better place for promotion over there? You know, all things, all money ain't good money. All right, Reverend Paul. Reverend Paul, about to shout. Now, <laughs> that's our old days. That's our old days in the, in the army out in the field. Playing play, play spades and dominoes and so All money ain't good money. <laughs> but the amazing thing is that we have to think. Every time I made a decision, I went to my pastor. Not to get approval, but to get a guidance. And all wise men and women of God is going to give you guidance. They're going to, I'm not going to make a decision for you what to do. But we're going to go ahead and work through the situation, scenarios. I might ask some questions to make you think. Just as I've had people who've approached me that ask about marriage. You know, well, we're considering getting married. You know, would you marry us? And I was like, well, yeah, of course I'd marry you. It's, it's, I, I have about three to six months of education and some questions and counseling. And as soon as we're done with all that, hey. If you pass all that, you still want to get married after I beat you up with the word of God? <laughs> to knock off some of these rough edges? Amen. Then we'll be happy to take you up to altar. Unfortunately, unfortunately, many times, well, no, let me say fortunately. Fortunately, many times they think about it. Unfortunately, a lot of times they go somewhere else. I just want people to think, though. I know where I was at when I met my lovely bride. And I definitely wasn't in a place to be a husband. And I sure enough wasn't in a place to be a father. But I already was. But the thing is, I wanted, I was so glad that, that, that at some point in time, I invested, or my wife invested in herself by coming to faith and coming to truth. And then my wife was able to go into what I'm going into next. And that is to invest in your family. As my wife went ahead and transitioned when I was deployed in uh, 1999, was it 99, 99, 2000? I remember my wife had went and had an encounter with the Lord, and the first day she walked into the church, into the apostolic church, she was, she repented of her sins, she was baptized in the name of Jesus, well actually she was filled with the Holy Ghost, and then she was baptized, the first day she went to church. Mine was totally different from that. Mine wasn't like that. But the amazing thing is, from that point on, my wife was on a whole new mission. And that was to invest in her family. She invested in her children by, well, our children, by taking them to church. Well, at the time, it was her children. I was like, you take them with you. I'm, I got a PlayStation tournament going on. And that's why I'd be at the barracks. 
doing my PlayStation tournament. I tell you, man. And the crazy thing is, I was almost in my 30s. Well, I was getting close to it. But we still have men like that today. Unfortunately, we have men like that in church. And unfortunately, ladies are getting into this thing too. It's another type of thing that draws us from what? Draws us from the investment in the things of God. In the things of Christ. Investing in people. Investing in the kingdom. In Psalm 78, 2. I like this. I'm going to go ahead and y'all can go there to Psalm 78. And I tell you, this isn't going to be something that everybody's up and jumping up and down and shouting all that. But I, I just want to point out to us, you know, that, that what the Lord has that, that, you know, another scripture that I have for investing in yourself is Ecclesiastes 12. And that's, you know, where the Lord is talking about, you know, your upbringing from the time that you're a youth until the time that you're old. That you'll see that all the things of this earth are vanity if it doesn't involve Christ. All of it is vanity. Because one day it's going to all go up. The first thing that cleansed this world was water. The next thing that's coming is going to be fire. And whatever you have here on earth, all of the nice purses, all of the clean cars, all of the savings that you have that's in the stock market, that the government is going to take about 50% of. All of that is going to be left here. Until the world goes up in flames. But what we can take and what we can do is we can invest in our family. Here the, word, the, Lord, the Lord is talking about the generation. Wait. This is a warning to the children of God to eschew, to run from, to hide from, to stay away from. The evil desires of this world, or you will be led astray. And Psalm 78, 6 reads as this. That the generation to come, that's this coming generation, that's this our generation that's speaking. And this keep, continues to go. You know, I just want to stop. Something you know, I told my children, I was like, there's something that, you know, as we look at things, and we know what this month is, right? Yeah. It's June, right? Yeah, we know. Yeah, it's a big month. It's my wife's birthday. Month. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sister C's birthday month. Everybody else's birthday month. But unfortunately, we have other things that are going on this month. And the amazing thing is, it was a hijack or running. I remember I was wearing my socks one day and I stepped into, uh, stepped into a place and somebody saw my little rainbow color socks and they was like, man, brother, what are you wearing? What you mean what I'm wearing? He was like, man, you wearing a rainbow and there people think I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah, they were running around and jesting and all that, but this is what people truly mean. But I'm not scared of the rainbow because it's the Lord's symbol. It's been hijacked by the adversary because it's counterfeit. He's a thief. He's a liar. And he's taking something that is God's and perverted. He's trying to take the marriage. He's trying to take his amazing, because when you think about it, Roy G. Bill, that's seven colors, right? That's the basis of all of them. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Roy G. Bill. 
And it, yeah, that's how I remember. That's something I learned like in third grade. <laughs> but the amazing thing is that the adversary takes things and he knows he cannot create from nothingness as Christ did. But what he does do is whatever Christ has, he perverts it. That's why the church is scared to talk about rainbows. The church is scared to talk about sex. The church is scared to talk about proper marriage. The church is scared to talk against inordinate sex. Meaning that this is out of order. Churches can't talk about politics. Now, I might talk about politics. I don't remember part like Brother Money like talking about politics. But the thing is, I don't really get into politics until they start getting into Bible stuff and scripture and the word of God. And that's what the world is doing. There's that one that got on the platform and didn't say something against the word of God. Intentionally. Because they will say what? They will say, well, other faiths don't believe this or other faiths do believe that. But we have to remember that the adversary has his own following. And with his own following, the people that follow him are doing what? They're investing in their family, teaching their children, making clothing for their children. We already got a major store right now that's targeted. That's targeting our children. Infants, babies, they crossed the line because what? The adversary is investing in what? Into his family. But as I continue to read in Psalm 78, it says that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. But keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers. A stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that is set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast in God. You know, when I was coming up as a child, I know Pastor could probably preach this one definitely. That when we were coming up, there were very few people that you would meet that didn't have some type of basis of, and I'm not going to say the nuclear family, but I'm going to say the Christian family. You know, believing that marriage is between a man and a woman. Believe that you go out and you propagate, you have children. Because that's one of the greatest ways, right, to grow the kingdom. And that is for us to go forth and have children, right? But what is the world doing? The world wants to kill our children. Right? Right? Any way they can. They want to they wanna take all, all the elders that are there, they're trying to weed them out, right? Because they're giving us what? They're giving us knowledge and wisdom, things that they've seen. You know, the transgressions that they had. You know, I've never seen, and I've been living for the Lord for a little while, about 20 years, but I've never seen somebody who was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, sit up in a hospital and say, oh my goodness, if I had only did it different. Oh my goodness, if I had only went and uh, um, lived a, a lifestyle of lasciviousness and cheated on my wife or, or if I had only went out and spent all my money on debauchery if I had only did all no you never hear that what you always hear is the adverse those who don't know the Lord and don't know their final destination I'm going to tell you right now they don't know their final destination those of us that live for Christ know where we're going but those that don't are questioning was I good enough? And you don't have to know if you're good enough because Christ 
paid the price for you. But you have to follow his mandates and you have to do his will and you have to live out your faith throughout to the end. But in here it says a stubborn and rebellious generation. And I tell them, I was talking to my young ladies the other night, my wife was at work. I was like, you know, every generation has something that they have to deal with. And I was like, if things are rolling downhill and waxing worse and worse. I like when you look at common culture around the world, there's some things that at one point in time was not good. 50 years ago, people are supporting today and pushing. What was not good 400, 500 years ago, the world pushed about 100 years ago. Once they came up with no fault divorce, that was it. It just opened the gates for everybody and anybody to do what they wanted to do. And then what it went to? It went to open marriages, right? What did it go to? It went to having multiple families. Nobody cared. It went to what? Women and men sharing partners. I told my children, I was like, me and my wife, we're battling this thing right now with our young people who are in college. As my daughter's in college working on her uh, psychology degree. And some of the things she was studying in her gender class, I was like, I didn't mean to get on all this, but I'm just talking about what we invest in. But what is the school investing in her gender class? They're going right into the enemy's camp. That's where they're pulling our children to. And as she's sitting there studying, I'm talking to her, and I was like, remember your foundation. You go to school and you learn these things, and we have to be careful. Because we can't take and do like an ostrich stick, try to stick our head in the sand. Because guess what? The same thing happened with anybody who may go to a Bible school also. But the thing is, we have to be aware of what the world is doing, what the enemy is doing. And when I say Bible school, I'm not talking about like generally our Bible school and our organization. I'm not letting them off the hook either. But the thing is, each man and woman have to make their own decision. But what happens is, many times, the church sticks their head in a bucket of sand and we sit there and watch our children just walk out the door because if we're not preaching it or teaching it, guess what? Their elementary school will. The libraries here are full with a whole bunch of filth that our young people are getting pushed upon them. And the thing is that the enemy is using this institution that he has hijacked that was once used for good that in the 1970s took Bible curriculum, curricula out of school, or so they say, they took the curriculum out. That doesn't stop anybody from having an organization or, or speaking to somebody or any of that. But our children think that. Why? Because we haven't taught them and we haven't told them that they can. But invest in your family. And First Timothy reads, I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. What a great investment to invest in someone, to invest in a person that is younger than you, even if you don't have any children, but to be a father or a mother, to be a big brother or a big sister, to be an auntie or a home, to mentor them, to teach them. And I tell you, and right now I'm talking to myself also because who am I mentoring right now? If I don't have a mentor, I need one. If I'm not mentoring, I need to find, I need to, I need to find somebody to mentor. There's somebody out there that needs to work. When I see somebody that needs correction, I read a Facebook post and I'll be like, you know, go to talk to this young person. Well, what you're feeling? Well, let's talk about it. 
What does the word of God say? What do you think proper decorum is? We got to invest in our family. And last but not least, as I'm trying to speed this up, invest into the kingdom. And that goes hand in hand with what Paul was doing with Timothy. Right? In 1 Timothy 6, it reads, matter of fact, hold on. Matter of fact, let's go to Matthew 13, 44. Matthew 13, 44. And it reads, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. The which when a man have found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant. He's seeking goodly pearls. Who when he had found one pearl of a great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Come on, this is three right here. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea or the world and gather of every kind of people groups. We're going to see people walking here with different hair colors, piercings, rings, tats, all that. And the Lord takes us as we are. But the Lord wants us to have some change in our life. It says, but cast away the bad. And that means when someone comes into the church and they're doing things to deceive others or come to be distractions. As a church, we have to use church discipline to say, you know what? You're by all means allowed to be here. We welcome you. I was watching something the other day. A pastor had addressed that he had someone at his church that came. And the young man was dressed up as a woman. He came. He said, after he was there for a couple of weeks, he told me one thing. One thing we asked. He was like, we have a bathroom that is families. Use that bathroom. Do not go into the ladies' bathroom. And the gentleman was there going to Bible studies and all that. Didn't cause any disturbance and the issues. And he was like, but one day, after about six, seven months after he had been there, he'd bring his children and all that. He had children because he had been married before. He said that, that one day he tried to go into the bathroom and one of the uh, security detail personnel stopped him and told him that he couldn't go in the ladies' bathroom, that he had to use the proper bathroom to his actual sex. And he got upset and left. Now, I didn't hear him. I didn't. They didn't go into the whole rest of it of what happened because we went to talk about other things. But I say all that to say this, that they didn't cast this person away. But many times these people will walk out when they've been corrected. But the church has to give correction. 49, so shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. I know y'all understand wailing and gnashing of teeth. Because I know my children as we were talking the other day. And I showed them pictures that Chick-fil-A is closed. And all of the ground was broken up. They didn't know they weren't going to be able to get any Chick-fil-A for a while. But even more so. On the other side of history. Jesus has something in store for those that know him and love him and have been obedient for him and invested into the kingdom. 
But for those that didn't, it wasn't that Jesus just cast them. The Bible says cast them away. But what it is, those people made a choice. They made a choice. As Joshua said, choose ye today whom you will serve. And that goes back to Joshua said, me and my family. We go back to the cat story. Unable to find a satisfactory association to see that Tommaso, the cat, was loved and cared for, Mrs. Sutter decided to leave all her money to a cat via her nurse, Stefania, who cared for her until her dying day. Her last name has not been disclosed, but she quoted, she had become very fond towards the nurse, or the paper quoted, the woman, the millionaire woman, had became very fine of a nurse who assisted her. We're convinced that Stephania, Stephania or whatever, is the right person to carry out the old lady's wishes. She loved animals just like the woman. She devoted herself right up into the end. The woman told the Telegraph, who it did, the woman who won the inheritance, that she had no idea that the woman that she was caring for was so incredibly wealthy with her $13 million. Now, unfortunately, this woman did not know what she had invested in in the beginning with her time. But she just did it because she had like passion and like things that of her and this older woman. But today I want to tell us that we serve a God that we know exactly what our inheritance is. That Jesus died and he left an inheritance here for us. He left for earnest. And there's an ultimate inheritance that we have at the end, and that is eternal life. Walking on streets of gold, through the gates, hallelujah, to a city, and to the new city. And what is amazing is that we have to go out and spread the word, because in Proverbs 13, 22, it reads, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. And this is what Christ has left for us. So as we all stand, as a father, as an uncle, as a brother in Christ, as a minister, a man of God, and the authority of Jesus Christ and my pastor, I implore each and every one of us to invest wisely. Invest wisely. Investment. I already thought about my investment with my wife and my children. But this altar is open, and I'm, my wife don't know this, but I'm about to be a little transparent. Uh -oh. I already started making plans, and me and my wife have been talking about it. As my parents age, I have a father who's coming up to his 80th birthday. But I've already started making plans. I've already picked the song that's going to be played. And the amazing thing is, this is the words of that song as we open up this altar. And this is from Stephanie Gretzinger. And the song is, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. And she says, if my heart could tell a story, if my life would sing a song, if I had a testimony, if I have anything at all, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all this way, and when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth, let it be known, and you alone, my joy was found. 
Let my children tell their children, let this be their memory, that all my treasure was in heaven, and you were everything to me. I serve a God that is so powerful. I serve a God that is so loved. I serve a God that cares about me as an individual. When he is on the cross that day, he thought about you. He thought about your name. And the amazing thing is that the Lord could have pounded me into dust the first 34 years of my life. But I am so thankful for the last 20 have been so much better than all the parties. Then all of the, the money and the spending and the one-time living in earth, speedy, living a fast life. And we think when we come to the Lord, we move into the slow lane. But this is the passing lane. Because I'm passing on the things of this world. And I'm driving toward the things of God. Today, what I want to do is call us up to this altar for the next four to five minutes and I want us to come before the Lord and I want us to invest in some prayer to the Lord and Lord what shall I do Lord where who can I lead Lord who do I follow Lord Jesus where do I lay up all my treasure and I'm going to tell you right now I do have investment I do have retirement I do have my military I do invest in the stock market I do you know uh, 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 passive investing nothing wrong with that but I tell you what, none of that goes in there until I come here and pay my tithes and my due diligence and give my offering unto the kingdom first. And that goes for monetarily, that goes with my time, that goes with everything that belongs to me. But today, the Lord is calling each and every one of us and telling us that I've laid everything out for you in the word, in the scripture, and I'm telling you to invest wisely. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord. Thankful, Lord, for your word, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That you showed us so many times, Lord, the difference, Lord, and the diversity, Lord, between those that have invested wisely and those, Lord, that have invested foolishly. We know, Lord, that we can take money, Lord, and store it up in a house, Lord, and that house catch a blaze in a fire. But the same thing, Lord, with the riches of heaven, with our time, Lord, here on earth, Lord, that we can invest it, Lord Jesus, into our own selves, Lord, into our hobbies, Lord Jesus. We can put that above our brothers. We can put that above going to church. We can put that above serving you. But today, Lord, I say that all things that I have, Lord, I want to attribute to you. I want to give to you. I want to be obedient to you. Everything that I have learned, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, is because, Lord, you can use it, Lord, for the reaching of the kingdom, Lord Jesus. It may not be monetary, Lord, but it's always spiritual, Lord. It may not be to just one individual, but it's to the kingdom, Lord. It's to my children. It's to my brothers and sisters. It's for those young men and young women that watch me, that see me as I walk, Lord, in your life, as I walk, Lord, in your glory. I thank you, Lord, and I pray, Lord, for you to move on us today, Lord, that we would think about investing wisely. Let us give glory to your holy name and let all that we do be invested for the glory of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Yeah. 